Good morning, everybody. My name is Nick Nocera, and this is No One Likes the Tune Podcast. <laughs> I can't. I, I don't I didn't even know what I'm trying to do. I'm going to do like a smooth jazz DJ. The, the thing about the smooth <laughs> jazz DJ, this is your co-host, Daryl Wong, is that the smooth jazz only comes on at the nighttime. All <laughs> that you, is the, that's the problem with my impression, I think. All you lovers the out there... All you lovers out there sipping wine, dining, having a good night, stay tuned for the next 30 to 40 minutes for No One Likes the Tuna Podcast. You got it. You're way better than me. <laughs> so uh, we're the world's premier dedicated Fast and Furious podcast. We both watched Too Fast, Too Furious this week, again, for the 17th. <laughs> I can't fucking deal with it. <laughs> I hate this hobby. Can I say that? It's a fucking... <laughs> this hobby sucks shit, dude. It's we, the we, worst thing I do. We've built, we've built a small empire here on something very unstable. On something very... Um, it's a rocky road. It's a, it's a it's a rocky road, bro. Yeah, it's a it's a nice muddy it's a muddy uh, ground that we've built our foundation into, and the mud slips and slides, and um, yeah, sometimes yeah. it stiffens up, and sometimes it's okay. But a lot of times we find ourselves squishing around with these movies. Okay, so there's news to talk about, Daryl. That's we'll get into the too fast, which by the way is fucking terrible, and I had a terrible <laughs> time watching it this week. Nice. First of all, fuck you, James Bond. Okay. Extremely so heard- fuck this James Bond. No time to die. The time to die is right now for you, James Bond <laughs> franchise. So let's yeah, give me a little context. So I know that they were supposed to release and they deferred their release again. Again. So they supposed to were coming out they were supposed to come out April twenty twenty. Obviously mm-hmm. <laughs> there's a worldwide world pandemic <laughs> and uh Trump has COVID. <laughs> Yo. And uh, they've delayed. They delayed their release until November 2020, right? Okay. Initially, that was their initial delay. They're like we're gonna ride this thing out. Obviously, we trust that America will get its shit together <laughs> by November. I mean, it's like everybody's dealing with this in a matter of months. Like you lock it down, you stamp it out, it's over, you're good. Mm-hmm. America didn't respond in the way I think a lot of people would think in terms of like containing, controlling distancing this pandemic and getting through it. So they've been forced to postpone their fucking release again. Now, in the midst of this pandemic, we learned, you and I, that Fast 9, new content in the Fast and Furious would move to April, late April 28th, 2021. Mm-hmm. Okay? And just this week it was reported James Bond, No Time to Die, was going to fucking postpone also till April 28th, 2021. And subsequently, because of that decision, Universal didn't want to compete with James Bond and has since moved the release for Fast 9 a fucking another month to late May 2021. Oh. I want to die. I want to die. Yeah, I want to die. 
for us in very real terms, that's four that's four additional weeks worth of content on top of yeah. a year. It's a year wait. Is it a year plus four? No, it was a year. Weeks? It's a year plus a month. It's thirteen months later than it was supposed we were supposed to have a new movie. Oh my goodness. Yeah. We're in trouble. Daryl, I, I don't know. I'm gonna make it alive till then. <laughs> you know, it's like it's crazy. I can't uh-huh. even fuck. I can't even fuck with this, man. I can't even fuck with this. So disappointing news: we are not getting new content for another month after. Uh-huh. And it's all because fucking MGM. Fuck you. MGM. You don't even exist. You're not even a studio anymore. Literally, all you got is the James Bond properties, basically. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I wa I watched a um I watched a James Bond movie that I don't think I'd seen before. Oh. Um hmm. what are the recent ones? Seems like it's stuck in your mind. <laughs> uh hold on. I right. need I need to remember Daniel the name. Yes. Okay, so Casino Royale. No. Quantum of Solace. Maybe. This might have been Quantum of Solace that I watched the other day. Which is a movie I've seen once when it came out in 2009. It was garbage. It was bad. It was really bad. It was bad. It totally confused. Yeah, I watched it at the end of it. I was like, are you kidding me? What did I just watch? Not good. Wow. Uh, People thought it was kind of over at that point. They were like, ah, they just got to sort of like end it and reboot with somebody else. Uh Uh-huh. So is that the most is that the most recent one or is there one after that? No, 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 definitely. That's then, the most recent. Um, maybe thirteen, fourteen. Uh, Sam Mendes saves their fucking asses and makes Skyfall, which does big numbers. I saw a Skyfall. Yeah, I I think about the Skyfall song all the time. I just got Adele. Is that an, is it Adele in the background? Good. Yeah, Skyfall. <laughs> Skyfall. Oh, like, I think about that. <laughs> okay, so I think then, about that song constantly. That's a good movie. It's less good in time with time, but it's still a good movie. Mm-hmm. And then they did this really bad one called uh, I don't even remember what the fuck was it called. Mm-hmm. With uh, Blowfield and um, Christoph Waltz. God, what the fuck was that movie called? Um, it, it wasn't good. It was campy and bad and whatever. So mm-hmm. now they got another one coming out called No Time to Die. It's got Christoph <laughs> Waltz again. It's got Daniel Craig again. Uh, Spectre is the one I was thinking of. That's Spectre. Pretty bad. Mm, I think I saw that one too. Yeah, No Time to Die would be a... I could see why I would defer that movie just based on the title. Yeah, it's like, we don't want to die. <laughs> of off. course, of course there's no time to die, but like, <laughs> that's all the time. So, uh, you know, I, I'm mad at them. Mm-hmm. I'm mad at them. Especially because after this week watching this movie, I woke up, I watched this movie, Too Fast, Too Furious, this morning. First thing. Yeah, I was like, I w- opened my eyeballs, <laughs> cracked them open, and I was like, well, I'll just take care of it. Yeah. <laughs> I sat in bed for an hour and 43 minutes and 20 seconds, which was exactly the runtime before the first credit starts. <laughs> yeah. And I uh, 
I just knocked it out. It was not fun. Not a good time. I wouldn't recommend doing it first thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I I like the first thing in the morning. That's how okay. I do it. I do the Saturday morning. I do the Saturday morning. Yeah, like the old sleep. cartoons. Yeah, Saturday morning cartoons is basically how I've how I treat this. Yeah. Now. Um, I do the Saturday. I do the mo- Sunday morning because I record Sunday. You record Saturday. Mm-hmm. Being in different parts of the world, but um, I. I like it when I like have woken up, I've made coffee, I can like sit down and w- put it on the TV and drink a cup of coffee and just get the movie done. You mm-hmm. know? But mm-hmm. like just waking up, ugh, I'm not a good waker upper mm-hmm. anyway. You know? And it's like I had to wake up and pay attention to this. That's not, that's not legal. You know? That's not right. Um,. All right, so directed by John Singleton, who we just talked about with Baby Boy. Starring Tyrese mm-hmm. Gibson, who we just talked about with Baby Boy. Uh, the fam is coming together. Mm-hmm. Brian O'Connor, he's not suffering fools. Gallows Pizza kicked out. Tyrese Gibson in. <laughs> and um, hot take, I guess. Tyrese is kind of good. I agree. Okay. <laughs> I agree. I think it, I think after watching yeah. Baby Boy and yeah. seeing sort of yeah some of the essence of Roman Pierce in um what does he play uh Jody Jody yeah yeah in that's in a different sort of scene and with somewhat similar um mm, somewhat somewhat very similar <laughs> exactly the same behaviors yeah. Because Baby Boy was so good, I think it enhances the performance in Too Fast. I totally agree. I totally agree. I get the vibe. I get what he's going for a little bit now. Mm-hmm. I get what John Singleton is going for a little bit more now. I mean, John Singleton got stuck with a fucked script, right? They were like, because can you imagine, like, I don't know how John Singleton got on this movie, but... Like, you're John Singleton. You make Baby Boy. It's very popular. Or it's at least well critically received after 10 years of your last well critically received movie, which was, um, fuck, what's, you know, whatever it was, we talked about it. Um, mm-hmm. Okay. So 10 years later, you make Baby Boy. It's critically received. Huge movie of the past, uh, of 2001, Fast and Furious, does crazy numbers, mm-hmm. okay? And then... Um, you know, the, the Universal approaches you and says, like, we love what you did. We want you to do the sequel to The Fast and the Furious. And I'm John Singleton. I'm like, hell yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that sounds fucking great. I'm stepping up. I'm doing my thing. You know what I mean? I'm like, here's the big time, baby. Um, and then, like, Vin Diesel's gonna be in it, you know? Like, we're approaching Vin Diesel, we're getting Paul Walker back on, like, we're gonna get this script going, you know, Neil Moritz is gonna take care of it, make sure it's a good movie. Yeah, and then, like, Vin drops out. He doesn't drop out, but he doesn't sign the deal. He doesn't want to do it. It's like, mm-hmm. all right, well, it's like, well, okay, I'll just get Tyrese, you know what I mean? Like, we'll work Tyrese into this thing. Mm-hmm. I've worked with him before, I want to bring him with me. Uh, and like this script 
fucking son. The script lands on his desk. He must have like got it and like in the is like fucking intern gives him the script delivered from Universal. Great, I'll sit down. I'll read. I'll drink my whiskey and whatever John Singleton does, <laughs> and then reads this fucking script. He must have been like, oh fuck, <laughs> like oh shit, like we're in trouble. Mm-hmm. We're in trouble here, right? Um, and then what you got is you have Devin Aoki, mm-hmm. who second hot take of the week. Sucks. <laughs> I, I, you know, like we we've talked a lot on the pod about digging Suki's vibe. Uh huh. Her vibe sucks. It sucks. <laughs> it sucks. She is bad at line delivery. Uh huh. Right, which is the one thing you gotta be good at if you're gonna be an actor. All she says is, I mean, granted, she's not given a lot to do. She's not given a lot to do. She says, yeah, smack that ass. <laughs> okay. Bend over, boy. Bend over, boy. And then especially there's a po- <laughs> the poker scene. It's my favorite. And she lays it down. And she's like, y'all fools think you got me on this one, but I'll get you on the next <laughs> round. Better put that cash back on the table because you know it's my next round. Yes. Thank you, Daryl. <laughs> <laughs> Um, you just got a lot of, you got a lot of amateurs in this movie, I think. I mean, I would consider Tyrese part of that in the amateur category, still, even after Baby Boy. Luda is an amateur. Devin Aoki is an amateur. Even Mendes is kind of a newcomer in this movie. I mean, she'd done stuff, I think, at this point, um, Training Day was out, was it? Mm, Nice. Mm, which is a good movie that she is kind of in, um, but not very much. Um, it was 2001, yeah. She was in Training Day. She plays mm. Denzel's lady friend. Mm. And she sort of broke out in that role, but like, as she doesn't have much to do. I, I don't mean to speculate. I'm not trying to say anything about Eva Mendes because I think she's a pretty good actor generally but she's like a bombshell in that movie mm-hmm. right and I think people watch Training Day and were like whoa who is this lady mm-hmm. alright so she breaks out of that we don't really know she doesn't get a whole lot of, to do with her range in that movie and then she does this movie you know so she's kind of an amateur it's like this kind of perfect storm of like nobody and Paul Walker can't be the like truck pulling all these people up mm. the hill, right? He can't, he's good in an ensemble, but like, well, good is a relative term, but he can't be that linchpin that's like, don't worry, guys, I'm gonna take this movie with me because mm-hmm. he's not a, th- a good enough actor to do that. Do you Talk think that. that? Do you think that if, um, was it Bilkins and Agent Markham? Do you think if they were more serious cops that this would be a more serious movie? Because I think Bilkins, I like, I almost am thinking that Bilkins is almost underdeveloped as a character in the series because he does have a pretty significant role in sort of, um, in the first movie, right, as the FBI 
sort of head. Yeah. He's sort of he's the one that's putting pressure on um uh on um Paul Walker. Paul Walker yeah. to yeah, to step into the moment and become yeah. the detective that he needs to be. And then he's yeah, he sort of ties it together and in this movie like makes he makes an appearance, but I think like it's more significant. It could be more significant. No, the than cop that. in this movie is the 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 customs agent. Yeah, Agent right. Markham. Agent Markham. Thank you. The guy and he's like Sex in, in the city. And Dexter's dad. And Dexter's dad. Yeah, but he plays such a. He, they he ends up making it so goofy that I think it makes the rest of the movie. I don't think Dexter's dad is trying to be goofy. Hmm. The thing that makes this movie goofy is the production design. Mm. Right? And the costume design. Like, the goofiness is like the frivolity of how they treat the subject of like this race world, kind of, Mm -hmm. in a way. Where everything's sort of lavish and ostentatious and very Miami, right? It's supposed to be like very Miami. And like, if you take this entire movie scripted, performed and directed and put it in the like design world of the first Fast and the Furious. I'm not even talking about like the franchise movies, Mm -hmm. the first one, which is way more serious. Mm -hmm. It, It sort of gets that tone. You know what I mean? Like you immediately get a little more of that, it kind of gets better, I think. <laughs> I think so too. And I'm trying to imagine, like, uh, if you put, if you took Scarface, for example, and you made the costume design and everything else like a little bit goofier, that yeah. it might be a horrible movie. Yeah, totally. Right, all those things mesh in a way that need to to like make that movie what it is. Um, and the other thing is, like, this movie, I like, I. Is there like a night scene other than the first? I guess the first race is at night, but like that's kind of it. Everything but, in this movie is in bright fucking daylight. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, they do the drag the drag race with um, Cracker Jack. Oh yeah, the Cracker Jack. But even though it's got like neon, like there's a lot. Of, I feel like it's just you know it's not lit like. The first one, like the night, the night races in the first one, right? It's got mm-hmm. a real. It's just washed out, honestly. Like the whole mm-hmm. movie's washed out. Uh, like, well, the first one, they, they're not afraid to like cast a fucking side light, show some shadow on a person's face, you know. Mm-hmm. So. Like even if you imagine the um, the the uh, the test run when they had all the thugs out there and they were going over to the boatyard, imagine that whole scene at nighttime. Much yeah, more dramatic. Fucking awesome. Yeah. I mean, I don't, <laughs> I don't know. I don't. Basically, this movie's unsavable. I think, but you know, it is what it is. Yeah. I mean, the daytime versus nighttime. I'm thinking now even to um, um, seven in the parking lot at the end. Is that seven? Parking lot. Park. Where he, um, he, uh, Dom. Oh, yeah, yeah, the garage. Yeah, the parking garage. The garage. Where he, like, jumps off towards the helicopter. Yeah. Yeah. Even that right. whole extended scene in, um, Los Angeles, would that have been better in the daytime? Right. I feel like no. So no. maybe daytime versus nighttime doesn't matter. Cause if yeah, the setup. I mean, that's true. 
Yeah. That, I mean, that's generally true. I mean, in con- you just got to have a little con- You know what I mean? You got to create a world that's serious, right? The, like, the production design has to be the straight man. Mm-hmm. You can have, like, a sense of humor. But, like, generally, I don't think that is necessarily needs to come from your production design, right? The production mm. design generally is better. It's better at being the straight man. Like the world that you live in is better at being the straight man. You, you can do it. It's a fine thread, though. Mm-hmm. Take, for example, The Daily Show, right? The Daily Show is a comedy show, but it's set is the straight man, right? Mm-hmm. It is the thing. It looks like a fucking news show, right? So you're like setting these comedic monologues against the backdrop of a like a very serious news show um i had another example in my head that i just lost that was a movie Fuck. i'm tired today man i'm sorry that's okay do you think they try to do this with mr nobody make him really serious but a lot of make him look really good put a lot of like military and tech stuff behind him but but he's, he's a goofy. he's a goofy character. I guess, but in like the production design in later movies, really just like goes all out on like we're just doing like weird, freaky, techie shit, right? Mm-hmm. Like we're mm-hmm. just gonna go wild, and people are gonna be like, you know, amazed at the technology. I guess I don't know. Right, right. I don't think the production design in the Fast and Furious movies overall is like very strong. Right, I wouldn't be like it. Look, there's some set pieces that are like really good. Mm-hmm. Um, but like I'm literally flicking through the movies in my head right now to think of like the sets I like. You know, none of them like call out to me as like this is something like dynamic and interesting that works in the movie. In a in a way, like most of the shit is like. Boxes, you know, they're like they're standing around talking in a box somewhere. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that box is concrete or it's like a plane or it's whatever, but like that's most most of it. Wet, wet parking lot. Or a wet parking lot. <laughs> or a wet, <laughs> a wet parking lot. <laughs> um, yeah. What else you got this week for Too Fast? Pretty light, pretty light here. Do you want to do some shout outs? Yeah, yes. I have <laughs> two things I want to talk about for shout outs. Not necessarily <laughs> shout outs shout generally. Outs. Shout outs, shout outs. <laughs> oh, this fucking episode is a disaster, dude. Um, yeah, we have a segment on this podcast called Shout Outs where we talk about product placement because these movies have a lot of product placement. We don't talk about product placement in the movies. We just have products we'd like to place on the pod. Um, but before we shout out, before you shout out, I want to give an update to something we talked about last week. This was on our Patreon episode, patreon.com slash no one likes the tuna podcast. We've been doing a running series about the Resident Evil movies. And we just did Resident Evil, the final chapter. And Mm -hmm. you and I had talked a lot about how that movie looks a lot better than the rest of them. Um, 
And I found out a little fact, which is that right now, currently, on the job I have, I am working with somebody who worked on that movie. Wow. Um, and I don't want to tell you what the job is. Um, yeah, I don't want to tell you what the job is and I don't want to tell you who who she is because then you could probably (laughs) find out what the, (laughs) what the job is. Uh Okay. But the thing she said, which I thought was interesting and important is that, um, and we talked a little bit about it last week, which was that like these movies don't do very well domestically. The first one did okay, but the rest of them really don't do very well in the U.S. But they're talking Resident Evil. Resident Evil. Right. The rest of them do, but but they do bananas in the uh, overseas, basically hmm. worldwide. Mm-hmm. So that's why they've been able to keep making this. They're pretty cheap to produce. Yeah, they don't make a ton of money uh, in the U.S., and people in the U.S. generally disregard them. But overseas, they do sort of bananas. And so, but look at this. Okay, so the first, I want to go through this for two seconds. First Resident Evil, uh, $40 million North America, 62 uh, other territories, so that's like 100 worldwide, right? Not bad numbers. Resident Evil, the second one, 51 North America, total of 129 worldwide. So they generally are around like 50 to 40 to 50 million dollars domestically, which is not terrible. It's not a bad number, you know, but it's not like 10x or whatever. Mm. And they, um, so Retribution though, so they've, they'd climbed to Afterlife 300 million worldwide, it was a huge hit. Huge, huge hit overseas. 240 million dollars overseas okay that's like double the previous one then they do retribution 42 north america who cares 197 million overseas Mm -hmm. big number but down from the from the fourth one okay so the fifth one makes significantly less money overseas than the uh the fourth one so they got together, Constantine Films was like, we need these overseas dollars, basically. That's what we're really aiming for. So they designed this movie. They brought in new people and designed this movie specifically for the Chinese market. Hmm. This movie was made for people in China. And like to their aesthetic tastes and like things that have generally trended well in China. And like they really dumped the money into that market. And it worked. It made $285 million overseas. Wow. Which is fucking crazy. It's the highest grossing Resident Evil film uh, in the series. It, wow. Cra- which is cra- the sixth one, which is nuts to me. You know? Because you do people, I, like, Yeah, go ahead. Do people, when we talk about, and you might know this, you might not, but when we talk about like, uh, like box office sales, I know we always measure it by like how much money they make. Like, do people ever convert that down to like, all right, like, this is how many people watch the movie. Is it like, oh, yeah, you know. Well, you have like per screen numbers too. Mm-hmm. So, and that's an important factor. I don't know. I don't have the like, um, I don't have the screen numbers for like Resident Evil in front mm-hmm. of me. Um, but they talk about like how many screens is it opening on and how much is it, ma- like how much is the gross 
uh, like in the U.S., and then you take the screen number and like the, the gross divided by the screen number, and you can see how much it's making per screen. Mm. And it obviously doesn't give you like uh, from that you can sort of factor ticket sales, right? Like mm. How many people are actually going to see this movie? So if we think about this like $285 million, let's just do some loose math. We say yeah. like $10 a person. That's like still 2.8 million people that watch this movie. Does that right. sound like a lot or a little? I mean, a lot, kind of. Right? Me. Yeah, absolutely. That's not nothing, especially like, yeah, it's definitely not nothing. Right. I couldn't get 280. There are 2.8 million people to watch or listen to anything. Right. Yeah. Right. So, yeah, they do well overseas. I think there'll be another one is basically my thing. She also told me this person who worked on this movie and was in a big role. I will, I will, I'll say that. Like, she was a department head. It's not like a PA or whatever. Mm-hmm. Not that PAs are important. Um, but she told me that a stunt woman lost her arm on the film. Ooh. Yeah, very wow. unfortunate accident. Very unfortunate motorcycle accident, I think. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Bummer. Stunt people are what like makes Constantine films for it. Yikes. Yeah. Yikes. Yeah. Stunt people are what make action movies possible. 100%. Because stunt people add the realism. 100%. That CGI just cannot do. And I get it when an actor is like, I want to do my own stunts. I understand the drive. And in instances, it works really well. Like, I'm down. Tom, Cruise, Cruise, baby, <laughs> keep it. Keep it up. I know you're 100 years old now, but, like, just keep doing it because you're good at it. Like, you've been doing Hell it yeah. for 30 years. You're, 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 you know, you know what you're doing. Charlie's, keep going, baby. I love ya. Mm-hmm. you. Mm-hmm. You've been in a ton of action movies. You know what it the bl- atomic blonde. You you're good at fighting. You've been trained. You know what I mean. You know what you're doing. Mm-hmm. But sometimes you get an actor and they want to do their own stunts, and you watch the movie and you're like, just let a fucking stunt person do this. <laughs> like you know, like I, I know, like the fight choreography. It's just like you you can learn it, but just please. <laughs> um, does Vin Diesel do his own stunts? Oh, not <laughs> like I cannot even imagine he's ever done one of his own stunts. <laughs> and I'm glad, you know what? Honestly, like I don't say that to knock the man, right? You know, and 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 maybe Paul Walker should have done a little couple of his less stunts, but <laughs> no, I, 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 that's terrible. That's terrible. I can't say that. I can't say that. I didn't say that. <laughs> but, um, I don't knock the man, like these guys, that's not their job, right? Like I talk about a lot in, in my real life, but, um, I don't know if I've talked about it a lot on the pod. There's this, making movies is a giant collaborative piece of artwork. And every single collaborator, every single piece of the puzzle matters and has a specific job to do. And if they do it well, they are working towards their contribution to this greater piece, right? Mm -hmm. And so Vin Diesel's job, his part in this thing is not to do his stunts, Mm -hmm. right? That's the stunt guy's fucking part to do, right? Right. You know, so um, 
I don't knock anybody for not doing their own stuff. I think that's cr- a crazy idea, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, if Vin Diesel were to like step beyond his capabilities and like push to do his own stunts, and the result is no good, he does a disservice to the film. So I heard about this show that was shut down for a year, right? Because the lead wanted. Well, I don't know if he wanted to do his own stunts. If the directors wanted the actor to do their. Sometimes it's not the actor's decision right it's like they Mm. they want well it's always their call in the end but it's like the director wants to be able to shoot it in a certain way where you need to see their face and therefore the actor has to maybe step up and do a different role right as Mm -hmm. a stunt performer and so this person was doing their actor was doing their own stunts and they were jumping off a thing onto a, a a bag or whatever uh, and they, they injured themselves. I mean, it wasn't even like a big stunt. It was like a, a, a small fall. They injured themselves. And like it wasn't a life-threatening injury at all. But it was one where it was like prohibited this actor who was a lead in this thing from continuing to work for a mm. while. That puts thousands of people out of work immediately. Right? So, you know... I'm all for like, and and the same thing really you can say about Tom Cruise is like, his stunts look great. I'm in, I endorse them, but like when he broke his fucking ankle on Fallout, that production shut down for months, and those people were out of work for fucking months. Wow. So there is a certain amount of selfishness to it. Whereas like a stunt guy, like they're not replaceable, but it's like they are not the lead actor in the movie. Okay, Mm -hmm. so like you don't have to have them on screen. If you need, you know, we had two or three guys for one stunt on the show I worked with last year. And, like, honestly, like, the first guy got kind of hurt, which was a terrible situation. It should not fucking happen. And, like, more stringent safety things should have been in place for that. 100%. But, mm-hmm. like, we were able to manage it because, like, he wasn't seriously injured in the end. Thank God. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we were able to do a take with like the guy who was next in line to do mm. it. Do stuntmen have they have like a union or something? I don't know the answer to that question, which is a question I, I should know the answer to. I feel like they should because I, when I was thinking about sort of the dangers of being a stunt person, I was I was thinking about it as if I was an individual, like independent yeah. contractor, stunt person, like. Seems like a lot of liabilities. Seems like if there was a SAG? Are they in uh-huh. SAG? Um I don't know the answer to that question. Yeah. That's okay. Yeah. Sorry, man. And really it's like it's down to the stunt coordinator, is the thing. This is like the weird thing. We got on a tangent on this one. But this is the weird thing about stunts is like it is not this the person performing the stunts call about whether a stunt is safe or not. Huh. Like they show up and they're there to like do the stunt. Most stunt guys are like really chill <laughs> and, and women are like very chill. They're game for stuff, like whatever. Obviously like if it's a wildly dangerous or upsetting thing, like, you know, everybody always has a personal choice, but it's the stunt coordinator's job to say whether a stunt is safe or not to do mm. and to like coordinate it in a way that it is safe, right? And to tell the DP who wants to like 
fucking shoot an actor's face in the car while it's crashing, you can't do that because he has to wear a helmet, right? Like, and the DP's like, oh, yeah, but I really want to get this shot, you know, of his face. And, like, can he not wear the helmet? Or, you know? And the, the, it's the stunt coordinator's job to be like, I don't see a way that we do this safely without him wearing a helmet. Mm. And, like, you know, it's, it's the coordinator's job to sign off. And, and maybe there's a situation where it's like, yeah, I see a way we can do this safely without him wearing a helmet. Like, if, the, if we work with special effects and the decelerator rig on the chair is good enough, you know, it's inspect, you know, that kind of thing. Like, yeah, maybe we can get away with it, right? Like, mm-hmm. And there's never, it, there never should be a maybe in that sentence that I just said, right? Like, but everybody's, again, trying to make this art piece. That is collaborative. Everybody has the same goal. We want to make the best fucking thing we can put on screen. But it's also the stunt coordinator's job to be like, nah, (laughs) you know, like sounds cool, not not possible. But on the flip side of that coin, if the stunt coordinator is the guy who makes a call, it's like, yep, we're gonna do this. Like you, Jake, the stuntman, is gonna go do this, and this Jake is like, great, okay, that's what I'm gonna do, because Mm -hmm. I trust you, my coordinator, who knows the big picture of what's going on and coordinates with special effects and coordinates with the DP and coordinate you like. I, the stuntman, am not involved in those conversations. I don't know the deal. I hmm. trust this coordinator to make sure that I am safe in my job. Hmm. Right? Cool. So that's sort of a little insight there. I don't know. I don't, I'm not an authority on the situation, obviously, at all. Uh, and so take everything that I say as like with a grain of salt as a person who's like been around stunt guys a little bit. But not mm-hmm. like I don't work as a stunt guy. I do some drawings for stunts sometimes, but that's about it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right, shout outs. What do you want to shout out to this week, baby? <laughs> um, I need to shout out to a product that has benefited me directly all week. Yeah, it's just a it's a dog harness. Just picked it out. Exactly. It was recommended by the New York Times. It's made by a company called Kurgo. K-U-R-G-O. This thing, it's like, I don't remember, like 30 or 40 bucks. Yeah. The one the one I had before pales in comparison to really? how awesome this I thing is. I never thought there'd be like a mark, market difference between harness situations. Neither did I. That's why I just got like the basic one on Amazon. It was like 12 bucks. Yeah. This it's one is... basic. <laughs> Boo. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This one is far superior. Basic okay. design. It has like a like a small uh, chest patch, maybe eight inches long. Yep. It has kind of a triangular, um, uh, like bands. Yeah, triangular sort of nylon bands that go up and create a hole for the head. A single sort of uh, bands. I guess a single like nylon connection that goes to the Mac. Yeah. And then a sort of a belt across the chest that connects to the top yeah. and it like tightens a bit when the dog pulls and it's just amazing. Uh, like the old, the old Sturdy. design. Yeah. The old design of the harness that I had just like, it looks like it was going to work. It looks very much the same, but like this thing fucking rules. Okay. The dog's under much more control. Oh yeah. Proper. Equipment. So so the results are there, and this product rules. So it's a yeah. Kurg, It's called it's a Kurgo dog harness. Kurgo dog harness. Okay, cool, man. And let's talk price. All right. So the Amazon Basics that cost you twelve dollars. 
This thing, I think it was like 30 or 40 bucks. That's more. expensive. It's pricey. This thing. That's more. Significant difference. The problem I have in that scenario, like when I'm in it, is yeah. that like I already bought the basement. <laughs> you know? Right. It's like it's like I'm not like doing the thing where it's like invest in quality and you actually save money in the long run. Right. It's like, no, I've already flushed the money down the toilet with the basics thing. And so now I'm like adding to that debt mm-hmm. by like buying this other really expensive. So really out like fifty dollars. Yeah. Right. So this one, I mean, so we were in a situation. So the dog grew, the dog grew a lot. She was ten pounds when we got her. She's about thirty mm-hmm. pounds now. The Damn. harness we got that was small, yeah, doesn't fit really anymore. It seems yeah. like she was like overweight for the thing that we were doing. So okay. instead of buying the same one in a larger size, we went for the upgraded model. Absolutely worth it. Okay. Yeah, that sounds good, man. Yeah, right. It's my Robert De Niro face. The <laughs> folks listening at home can't see it, but you know I'm doing it. I'm doing it. Okay. <laughs> pretty good. <laughs> it's, pre- it's pretty good. It's actually pretty good. I, pretty it's good. one of the things. It's pretty good. <laughs> uh-huh. I feel like okay. yeah. I feel like a uh, what's his name? Uh, ben Fokker and uh, <laughs> no, yeah, <laughs> Gay- Gaylord Fokker. I have no yeah. Greg. Can you milk me? <laughs> I have Greg. Greg I have nipples, Greg. Can you milk me? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm feeling that, so I think this works. I think. <laughs> yeah. All right, all right. I, I, we can't spend the episode doing a face on the Zoom. That's, that's like a crazy thing. I want to tell you, Daryl. I bought something yesterday. Great. I knew this thing existed, and had completely resisting buying it because. As you and I know, I hate this fucking hobby, <laughs> okay? I hate this fucking hobby of watching the Fast and Furious movies and being totally involved in the Fast and Furious every week. Mm-hmm. But I did buy this. Whoa. All right. For the listeners <laughs> out here, this is a Lego Technic. So this is the not just your basic... Uh, two by four block this is the nice stuff the technic they come with all the interesting pieces this is a 10 plus age lego set here for a fast and the furious fast and the furious uh charger branded Mm -hmm. dom's charger from fast and furious wow yeah i knew this set existed like i'm i'm i've passed my like lego thing Kind of in a way, like at my age. <laughs> but I kind of had to do it. I kind of had to do it. And it was on, yeah. I walked in, I saw it, I walked in, it was 190 New Zealand Ooh. when I walked into the store two months ago. And I said to myself, that's too much. That's too much. Mm-hmm. And so I walked down. And so every time I've gone back to the mall, I've sort of checked in on it. Just, just, <laughs> just mm-hmm. like that. And now I'm like, have a job. I'm going to a couple of bucks in my bank. Uh-huh. And then it showed up and it was on sale. So I got it for 150 New Zealand, which is about 100 bucks, which uh, is still too much money <laughs> to spend on this stupid fucking thing. But I'm definitely going to sit down and do it this afternoon for Hell yeah. sure. Hell yeah. So uh, I can't even really give it a shout out because I don't know 
it's any good, but I'm, I'm, I, I, to my knowledge, it's the only Fast and Furious branded, Lego branded set. Um, and I understand why it doesn't, there's not a lot of opportunities, I would say. Like mm. we just talked about, the set pieces in these movies are like kind of meh. Mm-hmm. So this seems like the one that they would do. Right. Yeah. This or the Supra. It This, though. Like way yeah. more than the Supra. Yeah. Way I mean, more than the Supra. This is the car. You see, it's like you think the Fast and Furious, that's the car, the Charger. The Supra is the car. The Supra is for sure no the car. No fucking It's the car. No like, way. The red Supra? It's orange. Yeah. The orange Supra. Okay. And, you yeah. Know. Yeah. No fucking. We got to do a poll or some shit. <laughs> Tweet at us at Nolt Podcast, N-O-L-T-T Podcast, if you think the Supra... Or the Charger is like the iconic vehicle from the Fast and Furious. And we can together rise up and prove Daryl wrong. <laughs> if you want to send us an email, you can do so at No One Likes to Tune a Podcast. You can rate and review us on iTunes. Or, no, it doesn't exist anymore. Apple Podcasts, Spotify. Um, no One Likes to Tune a Podcast on Instagram. Patreon.com slash No One Likes to Tune a Podcast. And uh, Daryl Wong, do you have anything to plug? You do any stand-up? No. Zilch. Nothing no. new over here. Same old social medias. Coo, 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 coo. Well, I'll talk to you next week, buddy. Sounds good. Stop. 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 Stop.